0: Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute Mr.
1: Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in
0: it Floors, doors, walls, halls, white sidewall tires and old golf balls
1: Sinks, stoves, bathtubs, he'll do, he'll even help clean Mr.
0: Criminals are getting crafty, man. More crafty than ever. Uh, we're talking about right now, fishing, phishing, vishing, and smishing. A lot of things to sort out, but they're all legitimate terms, always to scam you to give your personal information out. And social networking safety expert, Paul Davis is here once again. Paul's on the show regularly. Uh, you're here to explain um, what these scams are, the differences, and of course, how we can protect ourselves. <laughs>
1: And just like that we land into another episode of open source thank you so much for listening to this podcast this is episode four and in this episode we'll be taking a look at how scamming is becoming a big thing during this season scamming fraud all the words that you could use to describe the unethical behavior of people trying to get your money who would have thought scamming and fraud could be a career So with that, we'll take a look-see into what is happening into the world of scam and fraud. How is it that people are making money during this coronavirus season? My name is Forever Mike, aka Mr. Handsome. I'm the man behind the mic, the curator of what you know as open source. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Forever Season 22. I'm also on Instagram at Forever Season 22 also. I can't believe it. We're actually on the fourth episode of this podcast. Wow. Thank you so much for your support, for listening, and for being part of the Open Source family. If you're just listening for the first time, I must encourage you to take a look at the past three episodes of this podcast. The last episode, episode three, I was taking a look at how the coronavirus is affecting the fashion world. So I left a lot of tips and a lot of ways that people in fashion can still be making money during this coronavirus period. So the overall gist of open source is that there are still ways to build a brand during a crisis. So no matter what is happening, no matter what business you are doing. There are still avenues for you to be active and to be successful. This podcast would not be possible without the massive support that I got from Baraza Media Lab. Thank you so much to Baraza Media Lab and the whole administrative team that really backed this project. If you are creative and you are in Kenya, I'm telling you Baraza Media Lab is the space for you. Now Baraza Media Lab provides space and resources needed to enable media people and entrepreneurs to collaborate, innovate, and drive the growth and capacity of independent media. They are a new and exciting space for networking, collaborating, and experimenting among Kenya's media practitioners. So if you're a member of Baraza Media Lab, you'll have access to shared assets, space for experimentation, a platform to prototype, insights, capacity building, curated events, and networks and linkages baraza media lab is the go-to space for creatives in kenya three major things you need to know about baraza media lab is that one they are a hub to build a community now they are establishing a platform for peer learning exchange and tapping into regional media models Baraza Media Lab can also help to grow the professional networks and skills of its members and strengthen the calibre of regional reporting. So it's not just about a one-man show, it's about building a community. Number 2, Baraza Media Lab helps with collaborations among a diverse group of stakeholders. They provide a space for media actors to experiment and prototype new models of storytelling, especially alongside filmmakers, artists, social media experts, technologists and other groups of content creators. Finally, Baraza Media Lab is very, very keen on incubating new models of storytelling. What they're doing is nurturing the kinds of media ventures that could reinvigorate Kenya's trust in media, as well as present new opportunities for financial sustainability. If all these are things that you are definitely interested in as a creative, then you should join Baraza Media Lab. You can contact Baraza Media Lab by sending an email to info at that is info at barazalab.com you can also call 0700-046-018 that is 0700-046-018 you can get baraza media lab on facebook that is baraza lab, on instagram at baraza media lab and on twitter at baraza lab. right so let's jump into today's topic scams and
0: fraud let's start off with phishing which is the most common everyone should know what phishing attacks are by the way that's spelled with a a ph generally they come in the form of an email you get the email it looks authentic it looks genuine it looks real and there's a link and people can be tempted to click on that link and i always tell people do not touch emails (laughs) that have links that come from a source that you may think is authentic
1: just don't do it right so if you're thinking that the idea of cons and fraud was invented in the year 2020 my friend you do not know what you are dealing with. The word con comes from the idea of a confidence trick. And yes, for this, we'll need to take it back in time. A confidence trick is an attempt to defraud a person or group after first gaining their trust, yani, first gaining their confidence. Now synonyms for this happen to be con, confidence game, confidence scheme, rip-off, scam and stratagem. The perpetrator of a confidence trick or a con trick is often referred to as a con man, con artist or a grifter. In the 1800s, a man by the name of Samuel Thompson became the original confidence man. Thompson was a swindler and what he did was he asked his victims to express confidence in him by giving him money or their watch. A few people trusted Thompson with their money and watches and Thompson was eventually arrested in July 1849. A confidence trick is also known by many names, that is, a con game, a con, a scam, a grift, a hustle, a banco, a swindle, a flimflam, a gaffle, or a bamboozle. The intended victims for all of these are known as marks, suckers, stooges, rubes, or gulls. When accomplices are employed, they are known as shields. So there are two different types of cons, a short con and a long con. A short con or a small con is a fast window which takes just minutes. It typically aims to rob the victim of everything in his wallet. A long con or a big con is a scam that unfolds over several days or weeks. It may involve a team of swindlers and even props, sets, extras, costumes and scripted lines. It aims to rob the victim of huge sums of money or valuables, often by getting him or her to empty out banking accounts and borrow from family members. So what are the stages of a con? In Confessions of a Confidence Man, Edward H. Smith lists the six definite steps or stages of growth of a confidence game. Number 1. Foundation work. Preparations are made in advance of the game, including the hiring of any assistance required and studying the background knowledge needed for the role. Number 2. Approach. The victim is approached or contacted. Number three, the build-up. The victim is given an opportunity to profit from participating in a scheme. The victim's greed is encouraged such that their rational judgment of the situation may be impaired. Number four, the payoff or convincer. The victim receives a small amount as a demonstration of the scheme's supported effectiveness. This may be a real amount of money or faked in some way. Number five, a sudden manufactured crisis or change of events forces the victim to act or make a decision immediately. This is the point at which the con succeeds or fails. With a financial scam, the con artist may tell the victim that the window of opportunity to make a large investment in the scheme is about to suddenly close forever. Number six, the in and in a conspirator puts an amount of money into the same scheme as the victim to add an appearance of legitimacy this can reassure the victim and give the con man greater control when the deal has been completed so those are the basics of a con or a confidence trick but in this day and age it seems that internet fraud has taken center stage internet fraud is a crime in which the perpetrator develops a scheme using one or more elements of the internet This is done to deprive a person of property or any interest estate by a false representation of a matter of fact, whether by providing misleading information or by concealment of information. Now, as increasing numbers of businesses and consumers rely on the internet and other forms of electronic communication to conduct transactions. Illegal activity using the very same media is similarly on the rise. Fraudulent schemes conducted via the internet are generally difficult to trace and prosecute and they cost individuals and businesses millions of dollars each year. Now from computer viruses to website hacking and financial fraud, internet crime became a larger concern than ever in the 1990s and early 2000s. And even now in the early 2020s, it seems that fraud and scams is something that we'll still have to deal with. Financial scams are on the rise as coronavirus hits developing countries. I'm talking about countries like Philippines, Peru, India, Kenya, and even South Africa. In these countries and many other developing nations, poor people who are already struggling with the health impact of the coronavirus pandemic have been targeted by online fraudsters trying to take unfair advantage of them. Now there is a risk that these scams could undermine confidence in digital technologies that are proving so very important in keeping people informed and connected through the pandemic. So enough with all the explanations about scams. Here are some of the scams that were taking place during this season. In India, a phishing attack is offering housebound people a free Netflix subscription during the lockdown if they click on a survey link and forward the message to 10 WhatsApp users. Also in India, fake offers of emergency money for essentials have been reported. In South Africa, scammers have been visiting homes to recall banknotes and coins that they say are contaminated with the coronavirus, while providing receipts for clean cash that is never delivered. There's also been a warning that criminals have been calling victims pretending to be clinic or hospital officials, reporting that a relative has fallen sick with the virus and requesting payments for medical treatment. Also, emails with suspicious links have also been sent claiming to be from the World Health Organization, United Nations and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. As you can see with all these reports, it seems that scams are just not ending. What are some of the ways that you can protect yourself during this time? The first thing is that you should be cautious of unsolicited requests for your personal information next you need to be suspicious of any unexpected calls or visitors offering covid19 tests or supplies if your personal information is compromised it may be used in other fraud schemes do not respond to or open hyperlinks in text messages or on social media platforms about covid19 from unknown individuals also ignore offers or advertisements for covid19 testing or treatments on social media sites Do not give your personal or financial information to anyone claiming to offer grants related to COVID-19. Be aware of scammers pretending to be COVID-19 contact tracers. Legitimate contact tracers will never ask for your personal information or financial information
0: okay what's going to happen the two most common types of phishing attacks are financial yeah social media meaning they want to get into your bank accounts by saying hey we need you to update your bank information click on this link and update it you click on it you visit a website it looks just like the website of the financial institution you enter your information it gets captured in a form yeah and now someone's access to your accounts secondly the um social media attacks we need you to update some information on your social media profile you click on it they've captured information now they've accessed your social media which is now
1: leading to identity yeah mobile malware is also something you need to watch out for during this period if you're looking to track COVID-19 news with an application it's a good idea to keep an eye out for malware traps in March a malicious Android app called COVID lock claimed to help users chart the spread of the virus instead All it did was lock people's android phones and the phones ended up being held for ransom by the hackers. Researchers at Checkpoint also discovered 16 malicious applications posing as legitimate coronavirus-related apps in a bid to steal user-sensitive data or generate fraudulent revenues from freemium services, among them a notorious strain of banking trojan known as CBERUS, which can log all of your keystrokes and let someone command your device remotely. Meanwhile, Reasons Labs recently discovered hackers were using coronavirus tracking maps to inject malware into people's browsers. As reported by MarketWatch, coronavirus-related website name registrations are 50% more likely to be from malicious actors.
0: Now spear fishing is when we custom not we I'm not a scammer yeah. when it gets customized to you so now I send you an email that looks authentic genuine and real okay. but now I address it to you dear Ted or dear Ted Henley yeah. we need you to update certain information so I've customized it it looks real I've added some personal information because you may have left it out there for the world to see by the way finding your first name last name address and phone number online is it's all easy, simple easy yeah Now they've customized it for you you feel it is authentic because of the customization because of the yeah and you fall uh, victim to it okay Stay away from it
1: now, as Android Authority points out, setting a password on your phone can help protect you from a lockout attack if you're using Android Nugget. It's also a good idea to stick to the Google Play Store for any coronavirus-related applications to better your odds of installing correct software. Something you need to note is that none of the 16 malicious applications spotted by Checkpoint were found on an official App Store, but were offered on new coronavirus-related websites, which the researchers believe were specifically set up to get new users. Checkpoint said that it's tallied more than 30,103 new coronavirus-related site registrations. Some 131 of those were considered malicious, and 2,777 were suspicious and under investigation. So during this coronavirus period, it's all about legit sources. Watch out for random Facebook groups, watch out for Twitter threads from self-appointed health experts and also watch out for cleverly designed websites. There are many ways that misinformation can lure unsuspecting victims into a position of vulnerability. When dealing with Facebook groups, click the about section of the group and see whether that group has changed its name multiple times to reflect new national crises. That's a sure sign that a group is trolling for an audience rather than promoting reliable news. On Twitter, keep an eye on official sources, including the accounts of trusted news sites, their news reporters, and make sure that you avoid political operatives where possible. For websites, if a site claims to be an official government publication, check the URL to see if it ends in .gov. So here's a list of things that you can do to make sure that you are safe and that you don't become a scam victim. Don't rush into buying anything. Take time to research any goods you may wish to buy. Also, remember that banks, building societies, utility companies, law enforcement agencies will never ask you to transfer money over the phone to a different account, will never ask for any part of your PIN code, or ask for remote access to your computer or mobile device, or ask for money for a free gift or an administration fee. Also, remember that companies will never threaten to arrest you over the phone, in a letter, or in an email for not paying a fee. Think about using an antivirus program to protect against malware. This is useful where a link or download can place malicious software onto a computer without your knowledge. Also, avoid opening links in emails and messages unless you are sure of its origin. While isolating, you may be approached by volunteers who you don't recognize, offering to do your shopping for you. Don't feel pressured to accept help from them or answer your door to a stranger. When someone comes to your home, ask for and check their ID and credentials never hand over money bank details or bank cards to someone you don't know who is offering to help you offers of help for most things should be free of charge if in doubt of anything contact a friend or family member and ask for their advice now in case you've already been scammed some of the things that you should do should be end all further communication immediately with the other party that has scammed you in case of any bank fraud call your bank directly and cancel any recurring payments. Another recommendation is to change your passwords and run your antivirus software if you have been targeted. So here are some of the list of scams that you need to watch out for. There are scams offering COVID-19 vaccines, COVID-19 cures, air filters and testing. If you receive a phone call, an email, a text message or a letter which claims to sell you any of these items, beware, that is a scam. Also, watch out for fake coronavirus related charity scams. A charity scam is when a thief poses as a real charity or makes up the name of a charity that sounds real just so that they can get money from you. Be careful about any charity calling you asking for donations. If you are able to help financially, visit the website of the organization of your choice to make sure your money is going to the right place. Be wary if you get a call following up on a donation pledge that you don't remember making. That could be a scam. Another scam are person-in-need scams. These scams are mainly done online. Scammers are online posing as relatives or friends claiming to be ill or in a foreign country or otherwise in trouble. These scammers often beg you to keep it a secret and act fast before you ask any questions. If this happens, don't panic. Take a deep breath and get the facts. Don't send any money unless you are sure it's the real person who contacted you do research and make sure that the story checks out you can call the person's actual number to find out what's going on or you could call a different friend or relative to check if the story is true more of these scams include online shopping scams where people order protective face masks hand sanitizers and other products that are never delivered sales of fake testing kits or supposed cures for the virus Fraudsters posing as a genuine organization including banks, police officers, and the government. Home targets from people claiming to be from organizations which are offering services for payment. Coronavirus-themed phishing emails which will try to trick people into opening malicious attachments that can allow fraudsters access to sensitive personal information such as passwords, email logins, and banking details. Fraudsters sending investment and trading advice in an attempt to convince readers to take advantage of the coronavirus economic impact. So with all that we've discussed today, the bottom line is this, the best defense is just to say no. If something doesn't feel right to you, trust your gut and reserve the right to say no if it sounds too good to be true. And that brings us to the end of episode 4. My name is Forever Mike. Catch me on Twitter at Forever Season 22 and also catch me on Instagram at Forever Season 22 also. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Paul Davis, good
0: advice. That's fishing, spear fishing, vishing, and smishing.